Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into our podcast. We have Pastor Mark Sepulveda from Impact Church San Diego giving his Easter sermon titled, He is not here, for he has risen. We pray that you are encouraged and moved by this word. God bless. We're going to go to Mark chapter 16, and it reads like this. And the story, the story is pretty much similar throughout the Gospels. It says, now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices and they, that they might anoint, come and anoint him, Jesus. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. I like that, when the sun had risen. Praise God, that's just great. And they said among themselves, who will roll the stone away from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where he laid, where they laid him? But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee, where you will see him as he said to you. Now we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to ask that his Holy Spirit come upon us to understand, to enlighten us so that we might seek his presence. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for allowing us to be here, Lord Jesus, on this Easter Sunday, God. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's not about us. It's not about what we can do, but it's about what you did. And we want to thank you, God. We want to glorify you and we want to honor you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask that these words, God, penetrate into our hearts, God. Move in our lives, Lord God, so we can see the importance of what you did over 2,000 years ago. That importance in our life, in our, in our homes, in our spirit, and in our salvation that you have given us, God. We thank you, God. We honor you, Lord Jesus, and we love you. In your wonderful name we pray. Everybody say amen, amen. You may be seated at this time. I just want to glorify God for what he did on that cross and how he rose again on the third day. See, these ladies, they came to anoint the body of Jesus because what they used to do back then, well, nowadays, you know, we have mortuaries. They embalm the body so the body will, you know, won't deteriorate too quickly or how it, how it deteriorates so it won't leave a, a you know, a stench or or, or a smell, or, or, or something, or however they do it, however they did it to prepare the body for burial, they believed that it was not done. So they came, and they, to, to, to the tomb, to where they laid Jesus so that they can anoint, to basically prepare him for burial. But 
I did a preaching a couple of weeks ago about the alabaster box and how Mary of Bethany went up to Jesus to op crack open that alabaster box and started to anoint the feet of Jesus, start to anoint the head of Jesus. And one of the disciples, later to have uh, betrayed him later, said, you know, what, what a waste this is that you're wasting this perfume, this expensive ointment, this expensive perfume that it could be sold and given to the poor. He didn't care about the poor. He was a greedy person. He sold Jesus off with 30 pieces of silver. And Jesus heard them saying, don't bother this woman. Can't you see that she's done a beautiful thing? She anointed my head with oil. She was preparing me for death. She was preparing me for burial. So basically, the women that came to anoint the body of Jesus, to prepare it. He was already anointed. He was already prepared. Mary of Bethany already did that as he was reclining and sitting at the table. As you see that she already knew what Jesus was going to do. Somewhere along the line, the Spirit had told her that Jesus was going to die. Little did she know that he was going to rise from the dead. Praise God. The angel that was sitting next to the tomb told the ladies, he's not here. Look it. See the place where he lay. He's not here anymore. But go tell the disciples. Go tell Peter. You got to tell Peter that he is not here, that he has risen from the dead. Now, why did he emphasize to go tell Peter? What, what was so special in that? The thing was, though, that Peter was so zealous a follower, a disciple of Jesus, that when he, Jesus told him that, you know, I'm not going to be here much longer. I'm going I'm to die. I'm going to be put into the hands in the, of the enemy to be crucified. So surely not, Lord. I will, I will I, you know, over my dead body, basically, Peter said. And he said, you know what, Peter? Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And he did deny Jesus three times. And the feeling that must have came over him, because once the rooster crowed, he realized what Jesus had told him at the Last Supper. If you're going to deny me three times, you're going to hear a rooster crow. And at that moment that the rooster crowed, he actually saw Jesus in chains. Being before the Sanhedrin, being before his judgment, they were trying. They were saying, "What are we going to do with this man?" And the rooster crowed, and their their eyes met. Can you imagine the pain that was in Peter? Not just Peter, but Jesus himself. He felt betrayed by one of his disciples, and then his another disciple said, "I don't even know this man." Aren't you one of his disciples? I don't know him. I never heard of this guy before. Yeah, you know, I thought I saw you with Jesus of Nazareth because they were, they were persecuting all those disciples, his followers that were with him. And he didn't want to get caught. He didn't, but he wanted to see what was going to happen. He didn't want to leave Jesus. So he still stayed in the vicinity. Aren't you one of him? Those that were with Jesus the teacher, the one that's in court right now, the one that's being tried. He goes, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Three times the rooster crowed. He felt hurt. He felt bad he, for betraying his only friend, his, his good friend, the one that he was with for three years in ministry. He saw miracles. He, he, saw, he saw the multitudes fed. But yet he denied them. He didn't know what to think. He didn't know what to do. He felt horrible. He felt bad. So when the angel told the lady, see where the place he lay, he's not here anymore for he is risen. Why do you search the living amongst the dead? Another version says, why do you search Jesus Christ in the grave? He's alive. He's not going to be kicking it here. He's rose from the dead. Praise God. Go tell the disciples. Go tell Peter. So when they went back, 
to go tell the disciples what was going on and what they saw, they told some of the disciples, some of the disciples kind of blew it off. Oh, these are crazy ladies. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, it's just, you know they, they, some of them dismissed it. John and Peter heard this and remembered what Jesus had said. You tear down this body and in three days I shall, or you tear down this temple and, and in three days I will build it back up again. And that was one of the reasons, that was one of the things that they got uh, charged Jesus on. And that's how they got him on the cross amongst other little tiny things. They didn't like the guy. He was ruffling feathers. He was changing their, their religious beliefs, if you, if you will, praise God. So when they heard about this, John and Peter heard, remember, wait a minute. He, you're saying that you went and he wasn't there. An angel told us, a guy in a white, shiny white thing told us, he's not here. We looked in the tomb. He was not there. So they went running together. Apparently, Peter was a little older. John came running, and he passed up Peter. But John, kind of like, he was afraid to go into the tomb. In the book, in book of John, he wrote that he ran to the tomb, and he got there, but he just kind of peeked inside. You ever come to church, and you're just not sure about what's going on inside? You just kind of like peek inside. Kind of open it. You see your Bible. You got to brush off the dust a little bit because you haven't read the Word of God in a while, and you kind of like kind of peek inside. You don't really jump in. You don't really get into it, but you kind of peek inside a little bit, you know, shuffle the you know pages a little bit, maybe dust it off to make it look nice. But he kind of just peeked inside. He didn't want to go in. He was kind of maybe afraid to go in. It's kind of like us when we hear what Jesus is doing in somebody's life or even in our life, we're kind of like afraid to go all in. Peter, who was a little older, started running. He didn't just stop at the front of the tomb. He didn't, didn't peek from a distance. And I'm not going to do it because the hole's not big enough. But he actually ran inside. He ran inside to look at where the place where Jesus lay. He saw the, death, the, 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 rag, the burial rags because they wrap them in, 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 in rags. And, 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 and they put them and they lie them in the tomb. And what they saw was they saw the rags and they saw the headscarf that was wrapped around Jesus. The Bible says it was, it was, it was nicely folded. It was nicely, Jesus woke up, he resurrected, and he did his bed kind of like, well, he left some of it messy, but he folded one thing, you know, just to make it look nice. He puts it in the tomb. Why? Would the Bible say that Jesus... Well, maybe the, maybe the angel, you know, he saw, oh, Jesus, here he's leaving his bed a mess again. So the angel, I don't know if the angel folded it. But it was significant that the headscarf was neatly folded off to one side. Now, in certain cultures and in, 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 in restaurants and in certain places around the world, when you're at a restaurant and you want to be excused, you're going to the restroom, you're going to go wash up or, or what have you, what you do is you, you take your napkin and, and you leave it nice and folded next to the plate. That's to indicate to the waiter, to the waitress, he's coming back. I'm not going to clean up his plate. I'm not going to take his water. I'm not going to clean it. He's coming back. This is to indicate that Jesus, not only that he defeated death, cross, and the grave, he rose again. Not only that he rose again, that he's coming back to pick up his church. Praise God. So that's why, that's the significance of the folded up headkerchief. 
head wrapping. Because if, you know, at a restaurant, when, you, when you're done eating, you know, you, you do this bit and you do that bit like that, and you put it down like that, what does that indicate? I'm done. I'm finished. What does that in- indicate to the waiter or waitress? They come, oh, he's, they pick it up. All right, he's not coming back. He's done. He's done eating. He, apparently, he doesn't want dessert either because he's, he's done. He's not coming back. Well, Jesus is coming back. Therefore, he left his headkerchief, nice folded, to indicate, I'll be back for you. I'm coming back for you. Not only I defeated the cross of grave and, and I rose again, I'm going to come back and I'm going to pick up a church who loves me. I'm going to come back to pick up a church who believes in me. The Bible says that all that who believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise God. And not only that, he rose again, he started walking around the town and he started showing himself to people, his disciples. In the book of Luke, it talks about two people walking to Emos. They're walking and they're talking about the things, what were going on, that were happening. They were talking about Jesus, about how he was crucified, how he was buried in a tomb, and how miraculously he's no longer there anymore. And they were saying, some people say that they took the body and they hid it someplace else. Some people said that he rose again. Some females say that they saw an angel and they said, he's not here anymore because he he rose from the dead. Praise God. And as they were talking about these things, guess who comes walking by? Here comes Jesus. The Bible says, when there are two or three gathered in my namesake, I will be in the midst of you. There was these two guys talking about the things that happened, that the thing, you know, about Jesus. And they're talking about him. Well, here comes Jesus. Jesus comes walking by, but their eyes were covered up so they would not recognize who Jesus was. They didn't know who this person was, but he he was talking to them. He goes, hey, what are you guys talking about? Hey, I hear you guys talking about something. What are you guys talking about? And these guys said, you know, well, are you a visitor in these parts? Are you a stranger here that you have not heard what has been going down this past couple of days? That Jesus of Nazareth, he was crucified on the cross, and he was buried in a tomb, and he's no longer there. We don't know if, if, if his disciples broke into the tomb and, and took his body, or he rose again as he said he was going to do. Are, are you a stranger in these parts? And he's, well, no, I, he said, no, I, I've never heard. Jesus said, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He's kind of toying with these two guys. And as they're talking, the scriptures amongst one another, the Bible says that their heart was burning with inside of them about what was going on. And Jesus, you know, they came to a town and, and Jesus was going to continue going. He said, no, 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 no. It's getting dark, man. Why don't you kick it with us? We're going to have supper right now. We're going to have dinner. Why don't you come and eat with us? Because we like your company. We, we like what you're saying. We like what, you know, you, the, the word you're saying. You're a cool guy. I like you. Why don't you come to my place and, and, and we can break bread together? They still did not recognize who Jesus was. When they came to the place, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus took the bread. Just, in like, just like the Last Supper with his disciples. Jesus took the bread. He blessed it. And then he broke it. The Bible says that this is my body broken. Take, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. He broke it. Once he broke it, the Bible says that their eyes instantly 
recognize who Jesus was. Jesus had to do something that they would relate to. Jesus had to do something that they would, you know, that they, they would get it. Breaking bread was one thing. Fellowship was very important back then. To invite people into your home to break bread. Sit down and break bread with us. Have dinner with us. Kick it with us. Talk to us. He had to do an old thing in order for them to realize, oh, my God, this is Jesus. Once they realized who it was, he vanished. He disappeared. Sometimes we got to go back to the beginning and do old things. Sometimes we got to go back in the beginning to where we first met Jesus. When did you first meet Jesus? Who introduced you to Jesus? Who introduced you to the Gospels? There's an old song that says, Lord, take me back to that old landmark. What old landmark? The cross, where he died, where he was bruised, where he was beaten, where he was nailed. Lord, take me back to that old landmark. That's an old song. It's a little crazy one. Back in the 70s, I remember. What he did was reveal himself to his disciples. He revealed himself to many people to say, hey, listen, what you heard, what was going down right here is no rumor. It's no fakeness. It's no scheme. It's what I told you I was going to do. Jesus had to do what he had to do because there was no way on earth that we were going to be able to do it. We were not going to be able to overcome our own sin. We're not going to be able to do many good deeds. God, but I'm a good person. I give to the poor. I give to the needy. I do all these nice things. Yeah, but did you believe in me? Did you accept me? And it's not necessarily is that we accept, you know, a lot of people say, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you accepted Jesus as Christ as your Lord and Savior? And it's not that we accepted him. It's that he already accepted us in his life. All we have to do is believe on him that we may have life. Praise God. God loves you too much to force you into his presence. Amen. A lot of people ask, you know, if God is a God of love, if God is real, if he's, if, you know, if, if he's a God of mercy and love and, and grace, then why are all these things happening? Why is there evil in the world? Why does he allow certain things to happen like this? Why can't we just have peace right here on earth? Yeah, it could happen, but you know what? God is not going to force you to love him. How many have cats? You know, you know how cats are. Cats are totally different from dogs. You call a dog, it actually comes to you. I saw a meme that says cats have like 33 muscles in the ear just to ignore you. <laughs> and they do that because I saw my cat this morning. Hey, come on. See if I can. I mean, just like I was oblivious. Continue to walk in. Great. It's a cat. And... I, I hear my daughters sometimes say, and they get the cat, and then they see the cat. Come on, come on, come here. I just want to love you. I just want to hold you. And Jesus does want to love you. He loves you. He just wants to hold you. But when you know when you grab that cat, and you know the cat, you're hugging it, and you're squeezing it because they're nice and soft and furry, and they're doing this bit, and they don't want any part of you, and they're like, and the longer you have that cat, the longer, the longer you have that cat in your possession, the more it doesn't like you, and the more it avoids you, and the more, if it sees you down the hallway, he's skirt, he's going to go down the other way. He's going to take off the other way because he knows he's, oh, this is the person that always grabs me and does not leave me alone. That old saying, 
If you love somebody enough, let them go. If it was meant to be, they'd come back. Amen? Isn't that true? Ladies, have you ever had a guy that just come after you and you ignored him? Hmm? If you ever, have you ever had a guy that, that really liked you, that was digging you and really into you, but you just didn't give him the time of day? Or you gave him, the old, you gave him that, old, that old saying, oh, I, ju- I just want to be friends. Oh, man. That's like, you know, why don't you just twist the knife while it's in there? I just want to be friends, you know? But yet he really likes you, and, and he's, he's giving you letters, you know, back in the days. We didn't have texting. We'd have those little folded things with the little pull here, you know? And you read the notes. Remember those notes? And it's like you give them the notes and they're, you know, they don't even acknowledge. You don't get, you know, when you text somebody, you say, man, this person takes forever to text back or they don't text back. I texted them like, you know, five times. They don't respond. Well, I don't give the, I gave them a little, you know, notes of how I feel about them. I gave them letters of how I feel about them. She's not responding. What do you think God feels? He's given us his word. He's given us his love letters that we should read, that we should get into to know more about our Savior, the one who loves us, the one who died on the cross for us. But yet, sometimes we don't even give him the time of day. Sometimes we don't even, you know, oh, man, I forgot to pray. Or I don't pray, I miss prayer, I miss it again, I miss it again. And we don't give God the time of day. We don't give him the acknowledgement and the appreciation that he so well deserves for what he's done back in the, on the cross at Calvary. So the guy just basically says, you know, as much as it hurts me, as much as it hurts me, I'm trying to get this girl. I'm, I've been calling her, texting her, giving her letters. She doesn't respond. As much as it hurts me, I'm going to have to turn the other way and let her go. And if it was meant to be, she'll come to me. If it's not, as much as it hurts me, I'm going to have to let her go. God loves you too much to force you into his presence. That's why he's given us free will. God has given us free will to do whatever we want, to do whatever we want, you know, to go wherever we want. He's there. He's calling us. His arms are open wide. He's died on the cross for us. He rose again to give us salvation and life, praise God. But he loves you too much to keep you captive in his presence, lest we despise him for it. Like the cat that you're trying to hold on to. No, and she's like eh, kicking in like that. And then they get all hard and their hairs stick up. And, and the more you hold on to it, the more they hate you. God loves you too much to do that. As much as it hurts him, he'll let you go. As much as it hurts him for everything that he's given you, everything that he's done for you, praise God. As much as it hurts him, he's going to have to let us go if it was meant to be. For God so loved the world that he gave. That love, that word love is a four-letter word, praise God. Love, L-O-V-E. For God so loved the world that he gave. He turned that love into an action by giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believeth in him. For whoever believeth in him, praise God. Who's out there? 
Who is going to believe this? Who is going to, to, to listen to this? He who have an ear, let him hear. Whoever believes in him shall not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. That whoever believeth in him have everlasting life. Praise God. Can God force you into his presence? Yes. But he loves you too much for it. He's already paid the price for what we should be, what we should have been over 2,000 years ago. Praise God. It should have been me on the cross. It should have been you. It should have been us. Praise God. But he took upon those burdens for you, for me, so that we don't have to worry about them anymore. That whoever believes in him for what he's done, praise God, shall not perish. But I thank God because I thank God the reason because he did this. I could do this and worship him and praise him and give him glory and honor and everything. Praise God, because he loved me. He loved me. He loves you. Praise God. It was a necessary death. It was a solemn burial. It was a purposeful resurrection. And it is also an anticipated return. For all those who seek his face, for all those who wait with anticipation, knowing that their Savior is going to come back someday. Praise God. Going to come back someday, some way, shape, or form. Am I going to be in that number? Am I going to be a part of that? Did you believe? But I want to go to heaven did you believe? Whether or not, if you believe in heaven or hell, whether or not you believe in Jesus Christ, the cross and the grave, whether or not you believe whether he rose again on the third day, you're going to have to answer for your actions. You're going to have to answer. We're going to have to answer. I'm going to have to answer for my actions. But I thank God that he loved me so much that he gave his only son to die for what should have been mine, for my sins, for your sins. But I thank God each and every day that there is an empty tomb. I thank God each and every day that there is salvation. No matter what I do, no matter how I do it, I could do good things, I could do bad things. God's love supersedes my bad things. God's love is greater than my bad things, praise God. I cannot do anything bad for God not to love me. He loves you regardless. Why? It's proof. He created you. He created you with the purpose. He created you with meaning, praise God. That's why he came down to do what he did. Blood had to be shed. On Calvary. Why? Why did he blood have to be shed? Why did he have to die on the cross? Why? If you remember back in the Adam and Eve, back in the garden, when they sinned and they ate of the apple, they ate of, no, I wouldn't say an apple, they ate of the fruit that they were not supposed to eat of. Their eyes opened up and they realized, oh my God, you know, hey, we're naked. We're, what's going on here? So they hid from the presence of God. 
So God came. The Bible says that he's walking in the midst of the, of the garden. He's calling out for Adam. Adam, where are you at? And Adam's behind a, Adam and Eve are behind in a bush. We're over here. We're hiding because we're naked. And God said, who, who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the fruit that I told you not to eat of? The only way, your mind, that's the only way that you would realize if you were naked, if you were ashamed, they, 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 they felt shame. And that's the only reason that they knew that they felt shame is if they did something they weren't supposed to. So what did God do? He had to slay a lamb in order to use its skin to cover their nakedness, to cover their shame. Blood had to be shed in order for God to make. He was the first tailor. Blood had to be shed in order for God to make something out of that fur. The lamb's fur in order for them to be covered, their shame to be covered up. And throughout the Old Testament, they gave sacrifices to cover up their sins. In the tabernacle, they had, they, 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 they had Day of Atonement to cover up the sins of, of, of the nation of Israel. They, they had a ritual of slaying a bull. And they used that blood to cover up the sins on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant where the presence of God manifested itself. To cover up. You hear what I'm saying? They covered up. That lamb that covered the, the lamb fur that covered up Adam and Eve just covered up their shame. It was still there, but they felt a little bit better about it. Right? They felt a little, oh, I feel better. But it was still there. In the tabernacle, that blood just covered up their sins. It just covered up. Jesus Christ was the lamb, the sacrificial lamb. As he came in, he was being baptized. John the Baptist says, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The lamb of God who came to take my sins away. That lamb that was crucified on the cross on Calvary, his blood atoned for not just the nation of Israel, not for those that were there at that point in time, but for the whole world, past, present, and whatever, whatever else that you can think of, praise God. His blood not only just covered it up, but it abolished it. It erased it. It is no longer there, praise God. And that's why I give God all the honor and all the glory. His blood continues to run. His blood continues to move. His blood continues to forgive. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm the pastor. I'm not perfect. I've done things I'm ashamed of. I've done things I know I shouldn't have done. But I thank God that he is perfect. And as long as you are in Christ, as long as you believe in Christ, you are perfect through him who died on the cross. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand at this time. I, I don't know who you are, where you came from. or I just thank God that you're here. If you saw a flyer, if you saw a door hanger, I know maybe your house says no soliciting. I gave it a shot anyways. If you have not yet received Christ into your life or you just want more of his presence in your life, I invite you to this altar.
I invite you up into this place for what he's done, for what he's given, for how he laid down his life for you, for me, and how he rose because he loved you. I could do many things. I could do a lot of great things. I could be a nice guy all I want, but you know what? That's not going to buy me salvation. What buy me salvation? What buys me salvation? It was what already has been bought over two thousand years ago, and that's what Jesus Christ did for you. That's what Jesus Christ did for me. Thank you for tuning in to Pastor Mark Sepulveda's Easter Sermon. We hope that you received word from this episode and feel free to share this episode with a friend or family member so that they can be encouraged also. God bless.